Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Happy to have you with us here on a Monday afternoon. All right. I guess I used to think that the only people that signed prenups were rich people or famous people. That was all you ever heard about. It turns out, no, uh, they are becoming a lot more popular and they're becoming more popular for people to sign them and to support the idea of them. Yeah. And, and one of the other, I guess, categories that I would add in to that of you know people that I thought would get prenups are people who have already been divorced. Yeah. That, you know, it was, it was in which generally is going to be an older crowd, not a lot older. I mean, not necessarily people get divorced in their 20s, but you're generally not going to find a lot of 19 year olds who have already been divorced and would think, mm-hmm. boy, you know, next time I'm going to get a prenup. And, you know, is it even going to be an issue when you're that old? Which was what surprised me about this is that the age at which people are considering getting a prenup is getting a lot younger. And if you have signed one. Or would the next time, you know, if if you've been divorced and say, okay, if I get married again, I will do a prenup. Give us a call. 913-586-7798. So this was a Harris poll survey that was conducted. So uh, 50% of adults said they at least somewhat support the use of prenups. Six, uh, let me skip down here a little bit. 41% of Gen Z respondents who are engaged or have been married said they entered a prenup. Gen Z, remember, the the young ones there. Uh, 47% of millennial respondents who are engaged or have been married said they entered a prenup. That is almost half of people engaged (laughs) or married getting a prenup first. Yes. And I mean, I know he already sees this coming, but Colin, as our <laughs> as our senior Gen Z correspondent, <laughs> to use the old Daily Show line, uh, prenup it is. It, and now I know you're not engaged, but you know you're a you're a young, uh, good looking man about town. So is that something that if it got serious enough for you to consider popping the question, that you would have a prenup in your back pocket as well? To be honest, I haven't even thought about it. <laughs> like I, I, you know, the it's issue fair. of the yeah. issue of not being in a relationship is, I think, the first step in this process. Gotcha. Okay. And I just have not even thought that far down the road. For me personally, I think it's going to be, you know, we'll get to that bridge or we'll cross that bridge when we well, get to it, sort of thing. I guess, let me let me ask you this way: um, Is your perception of a prenuptial agreement the same as ours, where it's going to be people who are older, who have maybe already been married and divorced, or or is that something that, it, like, if one of your friends said, "Hey, I'm thinking about asking my girlfriend to marry me," do you think she'll sign a prenup? Would it surprise you to see that coming out of the mouth of a 25 year old? I think it would surprise me 
to hear it coming out of the mouth of anyone. Because okay. I feel like right. if you're going to marry somebody, mm-hmm. you're you're in it for the long haul. If that makes sense, that makes me think you have other trust you, sort of issues. Kind of like you're putting a timer on the marriage already. A little bit. Exactly. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. got it. So there are two ways this goes in terms of why people get them. One of them I knew more and the other one surprised me a little bit. One is you are coming into it with stuff and you want to protect that stuff if things go south. Mm-hmm. But the other one is um, there's a, 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 a website called helloprenup.com. Helloprenup <laughs> is, a, is a site and they charge a flat 599 bucks to get your prenup done uh-huh. and all official and stuff. So they ask their users, 87% of users on the platform say they're getting a prenup to clarify which of their property is separate versus marital or community. But a lot of people are doing it to protect them from their partner's debt. It's not just that they're coming into it with stuff. It's that they don't want to be stuck with the other person's debt. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, the the reason why it always seemed to me like an older person thing to do is that when I was 21, I had a guitar. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, that was really, that was the beginning, middle, and end of my assets. So it's like, what did I have to protect? You want to take half of my guitar? Uh, so, yeah, it, it, that that part of it, though, especially when you're talking about being 25, and you've got $60,000 worth of student loan debt and $10,000 worth of consumer debt, that makes a little bit more sense. That might also be an easier sell. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> however, I'm, I, aren't you supposed to be, you know, hopeful at that age and like <laughs> think, you know, it's going to last forever and you've not been burned yet? You and, and me against like, the world, honey. Right. Yeah. Like what's making you think about a prenup? What is the skepticism? that makes you think about a prenup. And I ask in part because a few people in the survey said it was watching their parents go through nasty divorces. Okay. That made them hesitant. Especially if money was at the heart Mm -hmm. of the reason for the nastiness, which it almost always is. So so that does make a lot of sense. Um, But yeah, I'm going to go back to the thing you said first, which is if you're listening to this, do you also consider it to be a rich person's thing? If, you know, regardless of your age, regardless of your station in society or whatever, does it still seem to you that a prenup is something that rich people talk about before they get married and that you and I and and most of the other people listening are never going to have any experience with it? Because, I mean, if they're talking about 41%, 41% of Gen Z is not rich. No, no, but might have student loan debt that yeah. we talk about that you want to protect yourself from. Let's go to the phones. Ashley's in Ottawa and may have some advice on this one. Hey, Ashley. Hey, guys. Uh, Jamie, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think these kids have seen their parents go through nasty divorces, some of them four or five. I mean, my ex-husband and I are still fighting to this day. And I think that the kids have kind of, that marriage isn't this fairy tale that we're going to get married right out of high school at 19 or right out of college at 22, and we're going to be together for the rest of their lives. I mean, I hate to to say it, and I know I'm probably going to get some hate for it, (laughs) but maybe these kids are a little bit more realistic than we like to give them credit for. And also, the kids are, I thought we just had a study a while back that said that they were waiting until later in life to get married so maybe they do have some more assets that they want to protect 
Well, I'll tell you what, you know, if you're going to take heat for it, I'll be right there with you because I have long said that uh, despite, you know, all the constant grumbling that comes from every generation looking down at its nose at the next one coming up going, oh, they're lazy, good for nothing, they're dumb, they don't know anything. Yeah, our parents said that about us too. Mm-hmm. But when it comes when it comes down to it, my son and his fr- or my sons, all four of them and their friends are among the most engaged people that I know. So I don't have that because I've got the practicality of it. And I think you're right. I think they do think about things more in the long term than maybe we did. Yeah, and even my 15-year-old came to me and told me he's not sure if he ever wants to actually get married. Now he's 15, he also wants a Pikachu tattoo, but, you know. (laughs) Well, you know, I kind of want a Pikachu tattoo, too, so that's all right. (laughs) But, you know, we'll see what happens, but I think that they are, and I think that they are just so disillusioned by the whole idea of marriage because it's supposed to be this hundred thousand dollar wedding and then you're going to be together forever and this whole big fairy tale and that's not the way it works okay um is there a circumstance under which you would see yourself signing one or asking for one no okay i don't have that kind of money and i'm at the age <laughs> yeah. if something happens to my husband don't even come at me with a ring because i'm going to Shoot you, shoot you with a flamethrower or something. <laughs> this is my third marriage. If something happens, I am never going down that aisle again. Uh, I And if my boys were asked to sign one, I would have to really consider it. Because I've always thought that it was kind of a, hey, we're going to fail. And it was a prepare yeah. your, preparing yourself to fail rather than going into it with an open heart and an open mind that, hey, we're going to make this work. Got it. All right. It makes a lot of sense, Ashley. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thanks Thanks for the call. Yeah, I'm coming back to Kevin Costner right now and the big fight that he just had. Oh, yeah. I cannot think of her name. Christine. I cannot think of her last name. But they just had a massive fight, and they had a prenup in place, and it was still a big deal. So, But that's what you think of is people that just have all this money, or you think of it when there's a large disparity between what the two people come into it with. You know, the, you, you just made a great point, and I wonder about that as well. This is something else that we can ask people who have been through it because, um, I mean, we, we I, th- I don't know, we, I tend to think of things in TV show terms. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think ironclad prenup, and I wonder mm-hmm. if that's like ironclad, uh, what do they call them, indemnity clauses, where there really is no such thing. Mm-hmm. You know, how ironclad is it really? I mean, even if you sign the prenup, does it are are they really as as uh, you know watertight as we think they are, or is that the kind of thing that yeah it looks good on paper but you might as well not? Here's a text I think is interesting, and then we'll get back to the phone. Somebody said I was born in 1997, but we look at it like this: Do you want to decide what happens to your stuff if you get divorced, or do you want the government and laws to decide it for you? Mm-hmm. That's insightful. I don't think about it like that. Yeah, it is. And you're right. You're right on the cusp in between Gen or Gen Y, uh, you know, millennials and the uh, and, and Gen Z. But um, but yeah, that's an interesting perspective because you're also of the age to be thinking a lot about this. Yeah. Uh, let's get another call in here. Mike is in Overland Park. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Doing Great. well. What's on your mind? Um, a divorce, a wedding, all these things. I'm married. These are contracts. And on a divorce, there's only three things, distribution of assets, child support, and alimony. Yep. And those are kind of defined by the state. So I think this is kind of a moot point unless you've got an enormous amount of assets 
or you're protecting things for your children. Because if anybody wants to argue it, um, all the assets that are earned since the wedding are 50-50. And I, I just don't see how it's going to work at all. Yeah, that's that's always the perception, right? That is that it's, uh, you know, that, that one party in the marriage comes into the marriage with way more stuff, way more money, way more investments and all of that. And... It, and they're they're going to protect that piece of it that was there before the marriage because I mean some marriages last twenty five years some last fifty some last two. I know, but still, it's a contract, and if it's yeah. if it's a disillusion because you agree with it, then yeah, that's going to be fine. Right. But if, for example, someone cheats, then the contract is null and void, and now we're back into um, it ain't going to hold. Gotcha. All right. Hey, counselor, appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks a lot for, for the phone call. Yeah, I I, I mean, Jen and I didn't even discuss it. It, it never yeah. came up. Um, there was really no reason for it, too. We knew where we were. How's that conversation go? Yeah. When you're the one that brings it up. what What's the, like, if you're waiting for the right moment to have that conversation, <laughs> what's the right moment where you try to catch your fiancé in a good mood to bring this up after her favorite team just won the Super Bowl. I think that's, that's really the only answer to that question. Yeah. If you have thoughts here, 913 586 Still to come, we will go to the story out of Oklahoma. Uh, this mother of three was out riding a lawnmower and tragedy strikes with an airplane. We'll get to that coming up here in KMBZ. Okay. We go to this horrible story now out of Oklahoma. Um, Broken Bow Airport is said to be a sparsely populated municipal airport with no air traffic control. Maybe that contributed to what happened here, but it started with a woman just out mowing mowing a lawn. There is so much weirdness in this story because she was mowing apparently right up next to the runway. And the guy that ended up hitting her with the plane, the, the wing of the plane ended up hitting her in the head. And it, I mean, she was dead instantly that uh, he was taken off and couldn't gain altitude fast enough that he apparently saw her there, but couldn't get the plane up off the ground in time not to hit her. So it did hit her. It's a 3,200 foot runway. And like you said, it's not staffed with any air traffic controllers. Pilots announce takeoffs and landings on the radio. Hey, I'm taking off. Don't use this runway for the next couple of minutes. That sort of thing. Um, but the, the, the line in this story that really got me was when they said, it's not clear whether she works for the airport. And I looked to see if there were any updated versions mm-hmm. that have that. And no, it's still not unclear. Or it, it's still not clear. It's so completely senseless. I mean, first of all, I, you know, I guess it must have been a really, I'm not making fun of this. It, it just, it must have been a really loud lawnmower for her not to hear the plane coming up behind her. Oh, and why didn't he see her? Yeah. I mean. Um, because he was landing at the time. Oh, I thought he was taking to off. land. Yep. He was, I, let me make sure that the other version I have of this is correct. Um, landed. Yep. I okay. have several versions that say it was a 1972 Bonanza A36, about 3.30 p.m., um, and he was preparing to land 70 year old James Baxter 
when he noticed Samantha Hayes, 27 years old, on her mower in the field. He tried to pull up to get the oh. wing over Hayes, but failed to do so and hit her in the head with the wing. That's what it is. The New York Post version of the story says James Baxter noticed Hayes and tried to take off to avoid hitting her. So oh. he was, he, you're right, he was coming in for a landing, saw her and tried to yank the plane back up into the air and, and it didn't have enough power to do that. Um, wow. I, I, it's so unimaginable that something like that would happen with 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 not enough time in between for either of them to notice each other and she's got to know i mean you know i don't know i'm not going to blame her for this cuz i have no idea what happened here uh other than what we're being told in these reports but how are you mowing that close to the airport and don't constantly have your head on a swivel looking around unless she had had like the um it's conceivable to me that the lawnmower was so loud yeah. That she had cans on, had headphones on oh, over that, her ears. Yeah, right. Same thing in an airplane. I mean, a small bonanza like that, you're going to have headphones on mm -hmm. over your ears and you're maybe not going to hear oh. the lawnmower on the ground. And if you don't have air traffic control staffed, mm -hmm. and if she doesn't work for the airport, whose job is it to communicate to whom about what? And she's not going to be listening to the radio, which is the only way that she would have to know that. They, uh, point of clarification from pilots, because, again, I have no idea how this works in a small rural airport like that, because my thought would be if you're mowing close to the runway like that, point toward where the planes are going to be landing so you can see mm -hmm. them. Yeah. It, it, does that shift based on the wind? Where if the okay. wind's coming in from one direction, you land this way. If it's coming in from the other direction, you land this way. Yeah, what do you do? Because um, I'm trying to think of other examples of where there would be, I'll call it an obstruction, for lack of a better term, yeah. on your landing path or your takeoff path. What are other examples of that that you as a pilot would need to know about to avoid hitting that, you, that, that aren't always there? Like if there are the wind turbines, those are always there. You know, there are things like that. They're stationary. But what are other things that are going to move that you might not know about ahead of time? The, the one thing I do know about that, yeah, is to your point, those kinds of things, fixed obstacles like that yeah. are going to be, if you're on a plane, as most of them do now, even some of the, the cheaper, smaller ones that would have the electronic cockpit where uh -huh. you're not even generally looking out the windows, you're looking at the screens in front of you, that yeah. all that stuff is going to be marked on there, where a lawnmower obviously would not be. I just, um, I'm wondering when and if a lawsuit is filed, who will her family have grounds for a suit? Wow, yeah. Here. A um, couple of things coming in on the text line. Two of you have already said yes. The The landing direction can indeed change with the wind. So she wouldn't, there is no one obvious way. Like when you're walking down the street, they always tell you walk toward traffic so you mm -hmm. can see who's coming at you. There's no obvious way to know because it could switch. That makes sense. Uh, somebody else said when you're landing one of those planes, it's very difficult to see below you. That makes sense, too, because you get the wings in the way and all that, and you're pitched upward. The nose is pitched upward, so it would be harder to see. He may not, until he was right on top of her or already down on the ground with wheels down, he may not have known she was there. So then I'll ask if that's true. Who does she need to contact to avoid this? If you're mowing around that airport, who does she need to let know that she is mowing? Uh, we have callers on hold. 
Colin says we have to get to a break, so we'll do that. We'll get to your calls coming up here on KMBZ. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right. How do you avoid this from happening? Uh, You have a very small airport out in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. Air traffic control is not staffed. You have a plane that's coming in for a landing. He does not see that there is a woman on a lawnmower mowing on the edge of the airport grounds. It's awful. He tries to, by the time he sees her, he can't pull up fast enough. And he hits her in the head with the wing. 27-year-old single mother of three dies because of the impact. We'll go to the phones, and Randy and Leewood wants to join us on this one. Hey, Randy, how you doing? I'm doing real well, guys. Um, yeah, I am interested in this story because I, I fly all the time. I'm, a, I'm, I'm actually based at Johnson County Executive, which, which has a tower. But most airports, believe it or not, don't have towers. All over the United States, there's thousands of airports. Probably 85% of them are untowered. Wow. So... Yeah, and that's just that's just standard procedure at these small airports. My guess is it's a high probability that this young woman was not an airport employee because anybody who works around an airport knows, especially in calm wind conditions, the planes can come from either direction in calm wind. If the wind's blowing, then like you, you were right, you always come into the wind because the relative speed is slower when the plane lands. So she just just wasn't paying attention. She just didn't didn't see you know, what was going on and wasn't aware. So she could be, you know, like a contracted mower that isn't aircraft savvy or airport savvy at at all, because you absolutely have to raise your awareness when you you get around the airport and pay attention to what's going on. So here's my question that I asked on the air, then, if you can address this. Um, Whose job is it to notify whom? Like, do you ask, you know, hey, is there anything around that I need to be aware of? And if you know... Yeah. That you're going to be, I, I wish I had a, another example other than riding a lawnmower, but um, maybe if like there's a field near the airport and you're you're having an event or there's something going on in that field, whose job is it to notify or ask whom about those obstructions? Well, there's all, there's a million things in that, that scenario. It's her job to, it's absolutely her job to be aware and, and to avoid, like seeing avoid. And that they, even when you're flying, 
you see and avoid. I don't know about events. If you have an, a big event, well, then you have the general public out there. You mean like an air show? Is that what you're referring to? No, I, I, I guess I don't know what I have in mind. Um, a team okay. that's having a practice or – no, I, I wish I had a better know, example, but they will never let they'll never let civilian, you know, just just, you know, Joe Blow, who, who is not versed on aviation safety. They don't come on the airport grounds. So, I'm not thinking um, on airport grounds. I'm thinking just off of it. Like yeah, this was like right near it. Um, but w- with yeah. uh, yeah, I mean, I, you think about things like runway maintenance, like you said. Oh, yeah. If, if those, guys, those guys are up to speed. And they know. Hey, Johnson County. Exactly. Oh, absolutely. Those guys are. Those guys are up to speed, and they have radios in the. But Johnson County is is a busier, you know, facility, and and they have to get permission before they cross the runway, and 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 all the pilots do too. Whenever you're going to cross the runway, let's just say you want to go to the other side of the field, you have to call the tower and get permission. But that's a controlled airport. Most of them, like say Lee Summit, for example, it's uncontrolled. Um, there's a there's a bunch of them all over the metro. You pull up an aviation chart. There's probably a dozen of them. Here in here in the metro that are uncontrolled, and it's uh, they have a procedure, and you learn this when you you know become a pilot on how to see and avoid, and just the procedures and the mowing people that 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 you know uh, mow those those properties, they're up to speed too. My guess, unfortunately, is that she wouldn't she wasn't a regular airport employee, and probably not because it's such a small facility. Gotcha. They didn't have the budget for you know someone to always be, so they maybe they hired a city. A city person or something. I don't know. Could be. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Randy, good information. Yeah, thank you for that. That's because um, yeah, there's not much you can do. I mean, even even steering around her at that point, depending yeah. on how close he is, he may not have had time to do anything. Um, the layout of the plane makes a difference, too, because as I was thinking about this, having not looked at a picture of it, you look, have you looked at a picture of that plane? So I, I don't have the plane. I have the map of the airport in front of me now what what i normally think of you know when we talk about small planes landing at airports like that for whatever reason i think of like the the old piper cherokees and piper cubs and all that and most of them and forgive me total novice here if i screw something up by all means hop all over me but uh most of them have the wing over top of the of the fuselage you know what i'm talking about so the, the yeah. where, where the pilot sits if he looks out and up he's looking up at the wing Yes. This one doesn't. It's it's down below. So you would like step on the wing to get into the cockpit. So, which, which would make a little more sense. Yeah, because that means that, that you the, wouldn't see even the end of the wing out, you know, farthest away from the fuselage is maybe four feet off the ground. Um, OK, so I'm on the Google map and I did like that satellite terrain layer here to see what's right around there. Yeah. Um, and the only thing that makes sense to me, there's no houses right there. The only thing that makes sense to me is there's a cemetery there okay. right off the runway. Is it possible she was mowing cemetery property? Um, I, yeah, could be. Or or like he said, she was actually mowing airport property but didn't right. work for them. Yeah, either one of those things might be the case. Um, yeah, it's just, and again, single mom of three that is gone now. And yeah, I don't know. I just don't know how you avoid something like that happening yeah when there's no communication it seems like i mean it seems to me that even if you're going to contract something like that out if you're the airport and you need somebody to come in and mow the grounds that you're going to give them headphones and say listen this is this is the air traffic you need to listen to all the time that you're out there so you know when there's a plane coming in yeah um 
All right, nine one three five eight six seven seven nine eight. Here, uh, feel free to keep your your comments coming in. We'll see what else we learn about this, and if we do in fact learn whether she worked for the airport. Yeah. Hopefully, that information comes to light. Okay, we go to the New York Post for this next story, and I um, I'm going to attempt to take this suggestion seriously for a moment <laughs> because I know a lot of you won't, but we have a plus size influencer who, in the past, has asked. Well, they use the word demand has previously demanded airlines comp larger passengers for extra seats, fix the seat problem on airplanes for the larger passengers. In general, I started asking myself, what is the reasonable, what are the reasonable changes or accommodations that should be made for people who are plus size? Because we're getting bigger as a country. And when a lot of these decisions were made, we were smaller. So she now is asking, hotels um, need to do some size-inclusive amenities. We can talk about what that should be. But one of the things she's asking for is wider hallways. I wish that wasn't what she was starting with. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I'm, I'm trying How do you to rem- make the hallways wider? Well, I'm trying to remember the last time I was in a hotel that didn't have a really wide hallway. Most of them yeah. do. Yeah, I, I wish she was starting somewhere else so that we could have a more serious conversation about it. Yeah. Um, But she said among her many demands were to make elevators and hallways more spacious to allow for easy movement of larger individuals and those utilizing mobility devices. Okay, that I get. If you want to make the argument that um, particularly elevators are too tight for people like in wheelchairs, we can totally have that discussion because I you're you're having a harder time getting around. That makes sense. She also suggested hotels raise their toilet seats and retrofit each room with handheld shower heads so that bigger bodied people can more easily get clean. That's happening. Yeah, a uh, lot of them have it already. Yeah, so she's asking for a lot of things that, that are kind of becoming the way of things anyway. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that necessarily, but I think that also probably changes with the cost of the room. That a lot of those things are going to be in fancier hotels where it's going to cost you a little bit more to stay there on the economy side. But at that point, that becomes a choice you're making. Mm -hmm. That if you're going to stay in a hotel, spend the money. Sorry. I also wonder um, rooms that are handicap accessible have a lot of the things that she's asking for. Right. They have wider um, doorways because a lot of they might be in a wheelchair. And the hand grabs and the shower and the whole deal. Sure. Right. And those are the same price as regular rooms so they she could always ask for that that is one of the things she wants handrails and pools and invest in sturdier and wider chairs for the lounges and pool side so that larger bodied people can relax in peace what's reasonable to expect here i'm not if you are plus size larger i'm not asking like to out you or anything sure but what do you want yeah i uh I, I hesitate to tell this story, except I know nobody he knows is is listening right now, and he's long gone. But I knew a guy who went on a cruise ship, and cruise ships famously, I mean, they they do the same same thing airlines do. They jam pack as many people as they possibly can into the smallest possible space. Yeah, and he got stuck in the shower. Oh wow! I mean, could not get out. He got in, but he couldn't get out. And and I mean, that kind of thing. For him, anyway, it's embarrassing. You gotta have yeah. the, you know them come in and, and get you out of the shower and all that, and then you know that everybody's talking about it and all of that because word gets around. So I understand what she's talking about, um, but there are so many areas where that isn't the case and it's not controlled. 
I mean, right. if you've got a restaurant and it has a one, you know, one door on the front and you can't fit through that door, is that the restaurant's fault? Yeah, it's funny because somebody just said on the text line, again, um, at what point do you assume responsibility for how large you are? Mm -hmm. And again, airplanes are going through this now too, because when they made the decision about how wide seats needed to be, they did it on an algorithm algebra based on how big people were. Sure. Well, now we're bigger. And so, and that's not all, that's not always that person's fault. I mean, sometimes that's, that is beyond your control. And so I ask about this situation. Well, how do we decide how, how big doorways are supposed to be? Like what, <laughs> yeah. what, what dimensions did we use to decide that? And, and why can't we just change that at some point? Sure. And I, I think the problem with the airlines is that as we have gotten bigger, we're, we're not using the same seats that they used in 1950. We're using smaller ones and they're right. jammed. The aisles are, or the, uh, yeah, the rows of seats are jammed closer together and all that. That stuff's actually shrinking as we're getting bigger. And it, uh, it, it it's a recipe for disaster. But yeah, I hadn't really noticed the problem as much in hotel rooms, especially, like I said before, in newer hotel rooms. They all seem to be already there with new construction. Yeah, it's um, in general, I'm asking myself, should hotels have more diversity in terms of the kinds of things they offer? Yeah. I say this is somebody who's four foot 11 and a half. Bathroom sinks are often too high for me. Mm -hmm. Like they, they come up to and I can't like they come up to my chest sometimes. That's irritating. I'm not asking for them to be lower, but that is a pretty big variety compared to somebody who's six feet tall or more should we be um, thinking about that more in terms of people just being different sizes overall? Because you can't make everything adjustable. You can't, right. you can't have a sink that raises up like this desk does. It'd be nice right. if you could. <laughs> you know, then you could just set it for however you're comfortable. But part of staying in somebody else's place is you got to be comfortable with how it's, it's already built. 913-586-7798 if you uh, have thoughts on this one. We'll get to your comments on this next here on KMBZ. 913-586-7798. I want to talk about one thing that's coming out of the text line really fast. And I'm not I'm not trying to put you on the spot, John, but <laughs> Go this, ahead. this maybe is striking a chord with you Here a little I bit. Am. I'm on the spot. Given uh, what you have talked about, about struggles to lose weight, mm -hmm. right? A about that being difficult. And it just, maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but a lot of it, the, again, this is in response to the story that we talked about, about this plus size influencer who is generally asking for hotels to... Be structured in a way that is more accommodating to people who are plus size. And it just, it, for the people that are just texting, we'll just lose weight. There's just a lot of lack of compassion coming in. Oh, it's about it's, no, it's, how easy, you know, oh, just snap your fingers and lose 100 pounds. It's more than that. It's bullying and it's crap. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I've been dealing with this since I was 11 years old. So, yeah, uh, take it and sell it to somebody else. Okay, great. You're thin. Enjoy that. Um, but yeah, they, that idea that, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they should just lose weight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you, you say that as though everybody has the same metabolism you do. Uh, nobody has a condition that, that leads to weight gain. I mean, do, do you remember, uh, it was probably a couple of years before he died when Jerry Lewis was on, he was on a steroid and I can't remember which one it was. But he started doing a bunch of talk show appearances, and he was massive in comparison yeah. to what he had been. And yeah. it had nothing to do with anything but the medication that he was taking to keep himself alive. So, yeah, walk up to Jerry Lewis at that point and tell him to go die instead.
You yeah, know, and I can't. Yeah, it, it just I'm I'm sorry that that kind of nonsense really really gets to me because it's a bunch of the same snotty attitude that that makes it that makes people think it's okay to bully people for being fat. Yeah, it's um, and I don't know if you're trolling. I don't think so, but it's we have people that are saying you know just put down the McDonald's and go for a walk. If it was that easy to lose weight, no one would be overweight. Sure. Every, everybody would just go for a walk and then no one would be overweight. Um, yeah, I'm glad you brought up the medication thing because there are a lot of medications, birth control is one of them, that just makes it, that makes you put on weight. I mean, that makes it, you know, it doesn't just make it harder. Right. You put on weight because of that. And within the space of a couple of months, Jerry Lewis was the size of three of his former self. I mean, he was really, and now as soon as he was done with whatever treatment he was taking, he went back right back down to where he was before because he's naturally a thin person. Um, you know, on the other hand, you have, uh, what was, um, the guy with the diet, Dr. Atkins, who, when he died, was something like 360 pounds. And it was the same thing. It was because of what was killing him. It made him put on weight like crazy. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there are things that you that are absolutely 100% out of your control. But even if it isn't, I mean, there's a bigger conversation to have in all of that about the fact that we sell crap food for cheap and good food is expensive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it's another way for people to take somebody who's in a, an economic situation that they've never, ever dealt with and look down their nose at them and scold them for something they have no control over. You can go out and buy a cheeseburger for a buck. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about that with the food deserts and, yeah, that too. Um, and keep in mind, airlines right now um, are weighing passengers for a study about how average weight has gone up in an effort then to see, do we need to make seats bigger? I mean, I I keep, I keep coming back to this idea. At some point we somehow arbitrarily or somehow came up with how big we thought stuff should be. Well, people are bigger. They're taller now that, you know, so, and, and it'd be one thing if it was a small part of the population, but it's a large part of the population. So when you've got that many people, yeah, at some point you reevaluate what the norm should be. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, I understand that there's there's nothing you're going to be able to do that's going to fit everybody. And uh, it's it's been posited before that things like airplanes and hotels and accommodations like that that are are public accommodations, not public in the in the economic sense, but you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Some place where anybody can stay or anybody can fly or whatever. That, that what they need to do is have sections mm-hmm. that are, you know, gr- granted the, the average weight or the average size of the population is to have seats that would fit you and yeah. have seats that would fit me and have seats that would fit Colin. And, 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 you know, based on who you are, should it cost you more? And that's where you get into real sticky territory is to say, okay, well, if you take up enough room in a plane that's normally the size of two seats that they could sell, well, shouldn't that cost you double what I'm paying for my seat, which is smaller than that? Which is sort of how we're doing it now. And I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I mm-hmm. I, I don't pretend to have all the answers. It is, it's a valid question, but it's one that's very difficult to ask without sounding like you're a real jerk. Um, yeah, because ultimately I'll just use an airplane as an example. If you have a hundred seats right now and in order to accommodate everyone's average size, you need to have 80 seats instead. 
everyone is paying more for those 80 seats. Yeah. And so I can see the argument of, I'm a small person. I don't need the big seat. Why do I have to pay for it? Exactly. And it, it will affect us all. So, yeah, I, I think that she's asking questions that need to be asked. Now, whether she's going to get the answer that she desires out of this, I would say don't hold your breath. They're not motivated to. No. Again, if it all comes down to money, there's there's no reason for hotels to make hallways bigger. Especially if you're talking about, as you pointed out at the very beginning, a hotel that already exists. If you're going to Marriott and Holiday Inn and all the rest of them and saying, okay, from now on, build hotels this way, mm -hmm. that's somewhere where you might be able to find some more common ground. But if you're saying rip apart a hotel that's already there and make it okay for me, they're not going to do it. They just can't afford to. Is there and is there enough um, business in that for a hotel chain to become known as the chain now that accommodates people who are plus size? And that's something they advertise. Are there enough people that would stay at that chain? Yeah. And maybe that's the real solution to this is to do that. Have I mean, what's what's the um, oh, the the. The name of the there's a clothing store that specializes in plus size women's clothes. Yeah, I can't come up with it. Yes. But, but that have that in a hotel chain. Yeah, possibly. All right. Thanks to everybody for getting in here. Uh, coming up, trouble with uh, military recruits. We'll tell you what they're working on next here on KMBZ. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty five dollars per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.